0: If you grew up in Pittsburgh, or near Pittsburgh, chances are good you've heard the story of the Green Man. Hello, I'm John Freeze. In this edition of Bergcast, we delve deep into this weird, maybe true story that has captivated a few generations of Pittsburghers, the Berg's favorite urban legend, the Green Man. Now, depending on where you grew up, you've likely heard about the Green Man. Some people refer to him as Charlie No-Face. His story has been a popular tale told around late-night campfires for many years. Maybe he even lived somewhere near you. People from Beaver County say the Green Man lived there. There's a Green Man tunnel in the South Hills, and stories about him on that side of the region exist and have been around for a long time. I've personally heard variations of the Green Man story from people who live in different neighborhoods around Pittsburgh. There's even a version of the story that takes place in central Pennsylvania, so the green man apparently gets around. Now, if you haven't heard the story, it goes something like this. Back in the 1950s, a young boy was electrocuted when he accidentally tripped on an electrical wire that fell after a storm. Another story has him climbing a tree and encountering a wire there. In any event, he comes into contact with a dangerous wire, gets electrocuted, and the electricity causes his face to melt, become misshapen, and maybe even turn green. The boy grows up. As an adult, he lives either with family members or by himself in a remote house in the woods. He also walks a lonely local road or highway at night, sometimes encountering people, And occasionally, inadvertently scaring them. Or maybe he lives or hangs out in a tunnel. Well, over the years many people have claimed that their older brothers and sisters, usually older teens, looked for him and actually met him. It's also been said that local police asked him to wear some sort of face covering when he went out so he wouldn't scare people. So what's the real story here? Is there or was there really a green man? How did this strange tale circulate so widely and effectively around the Pittsburgh area that many people are convinced it's true? Well, let's explore. For the uninitiated, urban legends, also known as urban folklore, are stories that are communicated from person to person. If they're interesting stories, they get spread far and wide. Initially, urban legends circulated exclusively by word of mouth. If you tell someone something, they tell someone else, they tell someone else, and so on, and so on, and so on. In the mid-1990s, with the advent of the internet, these stories began circulating by email. They're not always scary. During the 1990s, one popular urban legend you might recall was a chain letter asking people to send get-well cards to a boy in the hospital in the UK. Now, Today, urban legends make their rounds and get spread even further via social media. They're called urban legends because early on, they often formed and began to spread in and around areas where there's higher population density. In other words, urban areas. People in or near cities live closer together and often shared information in person, person to person. Many urban legends do contain a grain of truth, and that truth is at the core of many of these stories. But as one person tells the story to another, and that person tells someone else, and that person tells someone else, and so on, details change, points become embellished, and the story, now wrapped in misinformation, starts to take on a life of its own. Once the story gets to the third or fifth degree of retelling, it might have changed considerably, just like rumors urban legends often spread like wildfire, or as we say in today's tech-friendly culture, they quickly go viral. Now, it's likely you've heard a number of urban legends, and maybe you didn't even know they were urban legends when you heard them. You just accepted them as fact, and you probably told them to other people. Well, Urban Legends have been with us for many, many years, and if you'd like to know more, check out the Urban Legends book series by Jan Harold Brunvand. He's a former Utah professor, and he's written a bunch of books explaining the uh, origins of many of the urban legends we've all heard. Anyway, back to the green man. How do we know what's true and what isn't? Well... A Little Digging reveals the story of the real Green Man. He was a real person, and by all accounts, a kind and gentle soul whose life had been irreversibly changed by a childhood accident. I first learned the true story behind the Green Man urban legend in 1998. I had heard the stories around the campfire when I was growing up, and we just thought it was another ghost story. But at the time, I was writing a screenplay about Pittsburgh urban legends, And around the same time, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, under the pen of reporter Bob Batts Jr., published an article that provided some insight into the man behind the myth. As part of his research, Bob interviewed a number of people who remembered the actual man, but at the time, much of his true story was yet to be uncovered. In the years since, more details have come to life. And these are the details. Raymond Robinson was born in Murado, just north of Beaver Falls in western Pennsylvania, and he was born in 1910. On a June day in 1919, when he was nine years old, he and some friends decided to go to a local swimming hole. Now, we don't know if it was on the way to or from swimming, it's not clear, but the boys spotted a bird's nest high on the Murado Bridge. Now, the Murado Bridge was used by the Harmony Shortline Trolley and where you find trolleys, you'll find plenty of electricity. In fact, just a year before, a boy had been electrocuted on that same bridge and died. Well, Ray started climbing the bridge on a dare, and at one point he unexpectedly made contact with a high-voltage wire and was electrocuted, severely burned, and thrown backward. The other boys ran for help, and Ray was soon transported to Providence Hospital in Beaver Falls. His body was burned from the waist up, and his face was severely disfigured as a result of the accident. His eyes, nose, and one of his arms were gone, and his mouth and one ear were mangled. We don't know if the electricity actually turned his skin green, as the few existing photos of him are in black and white, but he could still speak, just not clearly. And he underwent a series of operations in Pittsburgh to try and restore his body as much as possible. It's said that the doctors at the time didn't expect him to survive this horrendous accident. He did, though, and lived to age 74. Raymond spent the rest of his life with his family in Big Beaver, just outside Koppel, becoming a recluse and supporting himself by crafting and selling items like doormats, wallets, and belts. Many who knew him say that despite the trauma he experienced, he was a very nice man because of his appearance, he didn't go out much during the day, preferring nighttime strolls along a quiet part of Pennsylvania Route 351, where he used a cane to help him navigate. Eventually, word spread about his nightly walks, and often people would venture out to look for him. Some would gather in the parking lot of the Wolverine Restaurant in Elwood City and go out as a group in the hopes that they'd see him. Sometimes, People gave him beer or cigarettes and would ask him to pose with them for a photo. Now, unfortunately, not all the people who looked for him were friendly, so there were times when he'd be taunted about his appearance, and of course, many children were afraid of him. Still, he continued to go for his nightly walks. It's said that he really didn't want to interact with people, but he was cordial with onlookers and with people who approached him. Toward the end of his life, Raymond Robinson moved to the Beaver County Geriatric Center, where he died in June 1985, and he's buried in Grandview Cemetery in Beaver Falls. So there you have it, a Pittsburgh urban legend, one of many actually. Word of mouth turned the biography of a humble Beaver County resident into a scary story that's been told over and over again, and as with urban legends, the details get modified along the way. Early in the 2000s, I wrote and directed a film entitled Blue Mist Road, a portion of which told Raymond Robinson's story. Many dramatic liberties were taken because we had very little information about Robinson's real life. Not much was known about him at the time except for that article that I mentioned that was in the Post-Gazette. Since then, another film about Robinson's life was planned by some West Coast filmmakers, but the status of that initiative, we're not quite sure. They were here shooting, and I don't think they are anymore, so we don't know where that stands. Also, Robinson made an appearance in the book Weird Pennsylvania, which was published a few years ago, so if you'd like to see a photo of him, look there or just simply Google his name. Well, thanks to a variety of sources for the information that I've been able to find for this edition of Bergcast, especially Bob Batts Jr., whose work I always enjoy reading in the Post Gazette, and the website Lawrence County Memoirs, which was very helpful as I compiled information for this show. Bergcast is written and produced by me, John Fries, and at Blue Mist Media. Comments, suggestions, and questions are always welcome at, Bergcast, at gmail.com. Our website is at burgcast.com, and there's burgcast on Facebook. We have a social media presence. Just go to Facebook and type in burgcast, and you'll find us. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.